Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through the Lord Jesus. Amen. Isaiah writes, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined, and he will swallow up On this mountain, the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. When we consider what death is today, we often think of death in terms of a real specific moment The moment when somebody stops living. But for the ancient Israelite imagination, death was not simply the moment that someone stopped living. Death was an ongoing reality that was evidenced around them all the time. For instance, what is it when our eyes grow weak and they begin to fail? We begin to lose sight What is it when our bodies get weak and frail? What is illness and injury? They're all manifestations of the reality of death. In our passage today, death is described as this massive piece of fabric, this huge sheet that covers every single person, all people. No one is exempt. Its weight is pressing down upon us all, and not in the sense only of the inescapability of some future moment, but it covers us all because it's a present problem that we all experience to one degree or another, be it illness, frailty, oppression, the grief of loss. These are all manifestations of the reality of death. The other aspect of the ancient Near Eastern imagination about death for us today is that death is often imagined as an entity of sorts, a being, a power that is active, that almost seems to have some sort of will of its own. But this doesn't mean that death is a being or has a will of its own, like the Grim Reaper sort of figure out there looming around. That's not what this is. Death is just simply the opposite of what God created. It's the absence, right? It's nothingness in that regards. It's the absence of God's gift of life. It's nothing. And if nothing is the opposite of creation, well, that again is it's what death is. It's what happens when creation is decreated. It's what happens when creation moves towards an uncreated state, death. Nevertheless, though death is not a thing, if we're thinking of like things are created things, death isn't actually a created thing, it's helpful still to imagine it as a being, an entity. It's a monster in our text, both seen and unseen, that swallows people up. The ancient Canaanites had a god called Mut. Mut means death. 
And that God, death, was often envisioned as an opening or a mouth in the ground. And not to be too graphic about it, but think about this. If a person dies, we think of it as decomposition. But in the ancient imagination, it's like they're literally just slowly being swallowed up into the ground. Like some horrible monster devouring the living. And this monster, it seems to have some sort of agency. Like it's lurking out there. It attacks out of the blue when earthquakes suddenly topple cities and devour lives. Death shows up suddenly monstrous and terrible when tsunamis and floods leave behind wreckage and lives swept away. There's some sort of power that seems to be actively attacking, actively dragging creation and humanity back into a decreated state. Car crashes, boating accidents, diseases, the danger of parking lots. Walking around a parking lot with a child is a horrifying experience. Death, it seems, at every corner. Death covers us all, a great shroud, a massive sheet that envelops every single human being. But death is also not simply envisioned as sort of a power out there. It's something that humans can take upon themselves that we think we can wield. We can become agents of death. We can take on the role of this devouring monster. Think about this for a moment. Domestic abuse, economic and social disparities, aspects of climate change, bombings, shootings, wars... All of it, all of it are results of human beings taking upon themselves the power of death. Again, death isn't just simply the moment of the loss of life. It is everything that diminishes what human life was intended to be in all its fullness. Anything that unravels the goodness of Eden that God had established, that means anything, again, that diminishes human life as God created or destroys community between humanity and between God as well. It's all this great, horrible monster that's covering us all in its darkness. Sometimes it seems like this corrupted creation that we're a part of is it's playing out like a horror movie. Have you seen a horror movie before? <laughs> terrifying, which is they're supposed to be. Right? There's some monster or a person out there terrorizing everyone in the movie, and it just it pops up unexpectedly. And it never really seems to go away. And nowhere during that film is safe, right? The home, the car, the parking lot, the city, the country. We see it on the news, in our relationships with family and friends, in our community, in ourselves. Death is everywhere. Inescapable. We're trapped. No way out. And the present order of the world really is horrifying at times. But God promises a total and dramatic upheaval of the present way of the world. That inescapable reality of death that touches everything. That thing that covers every human being that wraps around us all, God is going to destroy that covering called death. He's going to devour 
death itself. While death is envisioned as this horrible monster that keeps opening its mouth and dragging people down into its depths, God promises he's going to open his mouth. He's going to swallow the monster. He's going to devour death so that it will no longer exist at all. And when this power of death, when this monstrous thing is utterly and totally destroyed, it will be so because there will be a new power that is revealed in the world. God will stand victorious on his mountain while all people stream to him as we hear in Isaiah 2. His kingdom will be established on the earth and as death's power is negated and nullified, new power will be revealed. A new reign over all things. And what's this new reign like? On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast. The best food. A feast of the greatest wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well refined. A feast for everyone, a celebration. This is the very opposite of death. It's the opposite of that which leads to death. Not a dark, heavy covering burdening us all, but rather that which brings life and community in the presence of God. A banquet of joy. And this is a banquet of joy of not only death itself being undone, but all of its ramifications, all of its effects being swallowed up. It is the abundance of life as God wipes away tears from all faces. That's a personal and a compassionate action that God has in store. This is an absurd promise when we think about it. It goes beyond any rational comprehension. This is not something that we can look at the created world or look at history's progression and say, oh yeah, of course, of course we're leading to this place where there's no more death. That makes no sense whatsoever. Because for every real aspect of beauty and goodness in this world, there is also immense violence in the horror of death. Trusting in this promise of God is not an act of reason, but an act of daring hope. As one Hebrew scripture scholar puts it regarding this utterance of God, quote, the utterance is all we have and all this faithful community has ever had. As that ancient community clearly treasured the utterance and relied upon it, so we also may cling to it in desperation and in resilient hope, end quote. We dare, in the power of the Spirit, to trust. We dare, by the power of the Spirit, to even resist, in the midst of the present way of the world, to resist by hope, by hopeful anticipation of what God said he will do, and to trust that he really can and actually will swallow up death itself forever. This is the hope that we as the Christian community are founded upon. Jesus, Messiah, was crucified. But not only crucified, because if you look at history, lots of people were crucified under Roman rule. But what's unique about Jesus is that he devours death in his own body by coming back to life. He triumphs over the monster. 
The outrageous claim is not simply that God will swallow up death, but that he somehow, in some way, we can dare to trust in the Spirit. The victory has already started. That joyful celebration, that banquet, it's not here in the fullest way, but it's here in ways that touch our imaginations, that recasts our hearts by his grace. It's here in foretastes as we already participate in the reign of God in the world through the compassion of Jesus. And again, this reign of God is something, it shapes our imaginations, not only of what is possible, but again, by what we are told will actually be. If the present way of the world is playing out like a horror movie, with this monster death rearing its horrifying head around every corner, Imagine what happens when the monster is just taken out of the picture, right? You see, in horror movies, when there's a person, when the the bad guy is a person going around and terrorizing people, when there's a human acting as the monster, the resolution of the movie is often the death of the person, right? Kill the person, terror's gone. But what God is doing and promising is something that will bring with it an absurd hope. Because his goal isn't kill the person. It's to kill death. It's to take away its power. In the horror movie, if there's a person terrorizing people and you take death away, like if the power of death just doesn't exist anymore, then what danger does the person who's acting like a monster pose? What they've done is horrible prior to that, but they cannot harm anybody anymore at that point. If death is gone, people can't take on the role of the monster. They can't be agents of death. If the monster is devoured, people can't act like monsters. God is promising to extricate humanity from the present order and power of death. He says he's going to remove the covering. That covers us all. He's going to remove the covering that is decreating his world so that everything can flourish. And that means that all who are suffering from the power of death will be set free from its crushing weight. And those who have been wielding the power of death, those who act like monsters, which, if we're honest, is even ourselves at times, That power we dare to believe, excuse me, isn't final. We're called to trust that the power that is anti-creation will be ripped away from humanity and all of its effects. And we are invited to recognize it for what it is, a monstrosity that is against God's good creation and against humanity. And when people continue to wield the power of death today or in great or in small and barely unnoticeable ways, we are to call it what it is. It's death. And it's horrifying. And it's terrible. And we are to recognize it for what it is. It is something that God will judge as damnable on the last day. We were also to call out that power of death has been nullified in the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And so we work to refuse, to refuse to use the power of death. We work to call out those who are agents of this monster, 
And we work to stand in opposition to death and all of its manifestations by daring to trust with resilient hope that God is and will be victorious in the end. That all who have acted as agents of death, including ourselves, will have that power ripped away. And we dare to believe that when we see the faces, the faces of those who are shrouded in death, or when we see the faces of those who have taken upon themselves the monstrous power of death, or when we see our own faces, God has declared, I will wipe away tears from all faces. And it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have been waiting for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord. We've waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Now may the peace that passes all understanding, that goes beyond our rational comprehension but fills us with hope, may that peace guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.